Okay, welcome back everybody to another episode of Churn Hacking, a customer success podcast. I am your host, Daniel Nathan. In this series, we're speaking with customer success leaders and inspirational speakers to understand their views on customer success and learn how they rose to prominent leadership roles in their careers. In these interviews, we'll be discussing how they led customer success organizations, their views on the industry, and sharing some best practices that hopefully you can take away and implement in your roles to help your team run more efficiently and effectively. Welcome to Churn Hacking. Okay, uh, I'm going to introduce my next guest. Um, he comes with over 12 years of experience within the customer success field in various uh, cloud and SaaS companies. Previously with Kalidas Cloud, who were bought out by SAP, he also boasts Oracle on his CV. He now is head of customer or global customer success and support at the digital ID verification company, MyTech Systems. I'm delighted to introduce to uh, today's interview, Mike Sasaki. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan, thank you very much for having me. A big fan of yours and big fan of churn hacking. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much. And again, um, I'm so grateful that you're giving up your time. Uh, super busy. I appreciate that. Um, so thank you so much. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's have a discussion and uh, let's have some fun as well. Um, I've given a sort of a brief intro, uh, Mike, uh, into your, your professional career. Would you mind sort of taking us back to the beginning and sort of in your own words, describe how you got started within customer success? Yeah, I'll take you back all the way, even pre-customer success, because it's really important, I think, to understand, you know, what what a, uh, a customer success leader or any leader really has gone through in their, their experience, right? What is their complete background? Um, so I grew up in LA. I came to San Diego for, um, for college, and I've been here ever since. Right out of college, you know, I wanted to be an attorney. And so I joined a startup biotech company. Uh, we were in drug discovery and I was in the legal department. I was writing contracts and, um, you know, I, I got to a point where, uh, well, let me back up. We were a 10 person startup and we ended up going public. So that whole journey was great. And I realized I did not want to be an attorney after the end of it. And I, I thought I had wasted time, right? Eight years at a biotech company, working in the legal department, writing contracts. I, I was, uh, I, I was really down in that. I thought, well, I don't really have a career. So I went off and joined a startup software company. Um, again, 10 people. Uh, the company was called Lead Formix, and we were in marketing automation. And at the time, I didn't know I was running customer success. My job was to make sure customers stayed with us and make sure that they paid, right? Pretty simple. And, and that is what customer success is or was at the time. Um, but what I learned about the biotech experience was that you know, learning attention to detail, learning working with contracts, learning how to read them. Um, my customers were internal customers. So learning how to build those relationships internally with different orgs really came in, the ha came in handy um, as I developed my customer success career. So from Leadformic, we built it up, marketing automation, sold it to Calidus Cloud. Um, and then I was at Calidus Cloud for a few years. Um, and then I went from there over to Oracle. So I had the small company experience, startup, uh, and then I went to a mid-size at Calidus Cloud, and I really wanted that really big enterprise experience. And Oracle doesn't get much bigger than Oracle. Wanted to see what you can do with unlimited revenue and un or unlimited budget and unlimited um, process, right? And I got a front row seat into that. So I spent three years at Oracle, learned a bunch, and then 
I ended up at, at MyTech in San Diego uh, about a little over three years ago, June of 2017. So I took all those different experiences and brought them to MyTech. And, you know, the learning doesn't stop. So I've learned a ton at MyTech as well. That's brilliant. That's really interesting, particularly how um, how you mentioned that you you wanted to jump from a, a, a startup with limited funds, limited resources into a, a giant, which obviously is Oracle, um, where the sky's a limit in terms of resources. What was that jump like from a startup to an enterprise in terms of resources, processes, and even from a customer success perspective? What was that jump like? Yeah, you know, it was... Um... It was exciting, but it was also scary. So, um, you know, I, I think right around when I joined, when we were acquired by Calidus Cloud, I felt like, okay, customer success is a career. It's not just a job. Um, there are other customer success leaders. And I felt really good about it. And, and I liked it. Um, and so I, I really wanted to get that experience that I felt was missing um, from my, my story. And going to Oracle, I went back into an individual contributor role, which seems backwards, right? Um, but that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get back into working with customers. And so that's why I made the jump. And, you know, a lot of people would look at that. That's kind of weird. Why would you go from a management to an individual contributor when you want to end up in management? Right. And that was my ultimate goal. Um, but I just wanted the experience. And, and so I did get a front row seat. Um, having uh, unlimited budget was very interesting. We were able to travel and meet with customers. We really had no excuses. And the excuses that I had before were gone. You know, we would travel to meet customers um, and uh, we had a really great product. That was another thing that uh, Oracle, you know, just like any other big software company really known for is just having a really solid product. Um, customer support was really good. We had a process put in a ticket, ticket get answered, gets worked all the way through, resolved. Um, we had all these engineers and product people at our disposal, right, working, working with the customer. Um, so it was really good. It was what does great look like when you have unlimited budget and unlimited processes, but there's a downside too. And maybe we can get into that uh, whenever you'd like. I definitely want to hear about the downsides. I'm going to park that for just one second because something that's come to mind, it's a, it's a question often uh, asked um, by a lot, of, uh, a lot of CS leaders, a lot of CSMs, if you like, particularly those from a startup. When, when people are working in customer success, which it's still very much a, a, a relatively new concept in the last 10, 15 years. Um, a lot of times people are doing things by trial and error because it's never been done before. And particularly because you're in a startup, we can talk about whether it's lead for makes or uh, Calidus cloud. You don't really know what works until you try it. And a lot of times uh, CS leaders can find themselves just kind of building the CS infrastructure, CS processes, um, customer journeys, if you like, as they go. Now, what I'm curious to, to, to know is when you, went from Calidus Cloud to Oracle, was everything in place? Was everything solid in terms of processes and, and customer flows? Um, tell me a little bit about that. No, it wasn't, you know, and it was it was more solid than I'd ever seen. But the realization was that customer success is fluid, right? And so once you get comfortable with that, then I think you get comfortable with a lot of different things. Um, the, the nice thing about, excuse me, nice thing about working at Oracle was really my manager. So although we had a lot of process and, you know, potentially over-processed, right, um, my manager treated us, each CSM, as if we had our own book of business because we did. And we were open, he was open to us trying new things out. 
right? Well, does this work? Does that work? Try it out. Look at the data. If it works, great. Can we scale it? If it doesn't work, let's kill it, right? And we were very fast. We were working very fast within our customer success team and really enabled, um, enabled with budget, enabled with uh, creativity and having that room to really think through the issues and the challenges and not being told what to do or how to do it. Um, the goal was very clear, but I took a lot of that management uh, style with me to my tech. Um, and I think it's really helpful for CSMs because we are known to be, you know, really good problem solvers. Um, and the style may differ from CSM to CSM as well. And you need to be able to embrace it and, and really unlock that. That's brilliant. Okay, so let's talk about then the challenges that you face in CS in Oracle. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you alluded to that earlier. What's, uh, what were the problems that you faced there in that role? Yeah, you know, Oracle is a sales-driven organization, right? Um, and revenue was always top of mind. And you have to think back, okay, this was in 2020. This was 2015 when I was at Oracle. Customer success was much different uh, back then. So talking about revenue was there was more resistance within customer success at that time. Um, we wanted to be pure, you know, we're, we're customer advocates and we are, we're doing great work and we're not going to talk about revenue. Uh, we knew we had to grow revenue and retain it, but we would do that as an outcome. And that wasn't really our focus, if that makes sense. Uh, but at Oracle, it was a focus, right? We talked about revenue all the time. Um, and so that, that was a challenge. Um, and, you know, in 2020, I, I would, and we could talk about this in a, in a little bit, but the, the trends have shifted in customer success, especially around revenue and what our role is with revenue. Okay, actually, that's a great segue into uh, my next question. Um, regarding your personal views on customer success, how you would define customer success, and you alluded to Oracle, for, to them, it was very much revenue-based. So in, in sort of, if you could build from scratch, you know, you've done before um, a, a customer success organization. What defines the, if you like, the mission or the ethos of that customer success organization? I think it starts with um, where is this company in, in their journey, right? And where are their customers at? And what is the maturity of the product? Right. Once you can answer those, then you can get, you get clear, just like anything else. If you get clarity, then the, the answers or the solutions become easy because you understand what the problem is, right? What you're trying to solve for. Um, so the, the role of customer success in my mind um, is really to uh, drive outcomes, right? And, um, you know, I, I've, I've, Lincoln Murphy was on, on your, your, uh, your podcast not that long ago, and he really kind of changed my my view on revenue. Uh, when we were chatting, he 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 had a, a workshop in San Diego that I attended, and there's a small workshop. So it was a great opportunity to kind of talk about philosophy around it. And and his, his point is that you know we are commercial, right? And customer success is commercial. We're in the business. We're in the business to um, to drive revenue, right? So we we need to embrace it. And, and that did change how I think about it. Um, and then what what other uh, role is in in such a great position working with customers? as a trusted advisor, and you could do both at the same time. You could be a trusted advisor and grow revenue um, when you're connecting the customer's problems with your solutions, right? We're not selling them things that they don't need. We're actually helping them solve problems. And the outcome of that is adoption, uh, revenue growth, uh, MPS scores go up, and so on. So um, I've definitely changed my view of customer success over the last uh, 12 years or so. But 
specifically in the last five years, going from Oracle to, to MyTech. Brilliant. And it's a question I always like to ask specifically, you know, to, to CS leaders we have on this, uh, this podcast, because some, um, uh, you know, have answered in the past how to them and their organizations that they represent, custom success is in some eyes, not revenue driven at all. Uh, so it's purely focusing on adoption or, I mean, look, you know, in, in terms of adoption and, uh, um, uh, yeah, adoption of a, of a, and, um, license usage or product usage, um, of the, you know, the product or, and or the service and revenue is, is completely not a part of that. And then, and obviously others as well will say, well, everything, everything is revenue driven. Our CSMs are targeted on net revenue retention, whatever the case may be, renewal churn and, and that type of thing. Now I'm, I'm personally of the, I agree with you and I, I agree with Lincoln as well. I'm, uh, I'm of the opinion that customer success, yes, it essentially, it is about um, how can I say it is about ensuring the, that your customers see value through them achieving their desired outcomes. But in doing that, in adopting the, the, the platform or service in, um, using it successfully, you will achieve your revenue goals. And, and I'm, I'm very much of the belief that in order for customer success to grow and to be, um, become more of a fundamental and crucial part of organizations, it needs to be revenue driven. Um, it's often, and in fact, I've had quite a few guests on who originally had difficulty trying to get buy-in at executive level, at C-level, because, well, customer success, well, you're just trying to get people to use a product and then, and then you'll move on to the next customer and trying to get them to use the product. Where's the value? Where, you know, how, where's the revenue you're generating? You know, you're, you're a cost center. You're not a profit center anymore. So I think in order to get that buy-in at C-level is very, very important in my eyes that it does stay, uh, revenue driven. That's not to say, um, the focus is not on the client. Uh, you can, you know, the, the relationship building is absolutely important. And what's so fascinating for me is, in, is in customer success. It requires that, that line between being that trusted advisor and being the salesperson and you've, and, and a successful, excuse, pardon the pun and a successful CS organization has professionals working in that organization who can manage that relationship, you know, accordingly without you know, being overbearing in terms of sales, if you see what I mean. So, um, yeah. yeah, I, I do. And I have two comments on that. One, one is, um, that, and this might seem a little dark, but you know, I, there's going to be a point where we go through a recession. Um, and there currently the, the, the makeup of an accounting is typically a CSM and a salesperson, right? Um, it's an expensive model. And I could see a, a scenario at some time in the future where that's reduced to one person, right? And, you know, guess who's going to stay? It's the one that's driving revenue, right? Um, and then the other point is that you talk about relationship building, and we talk about that a lot, but I think relationship building is really an outcome of, of doing the right things, working with customers and delivering on, you know, their desired outcomes, right? Um, and so that, that's kind of my view on, on relationship building. Yeah, it's important, but I think it's a, an outcome versus a goal. Um, and it's something that doesn't just happen by focusing on, I'm going to build this relationship. It's more on how can I help this customer and this individual uh, be successful? Exactly. That's a great point. And, and you mentioned Lincoln before, and he also alluded to the fact that, you know, the customer doesn't necessarily need to be happy, right? It's not about, you know, building exactly. a relationship. <laughs> yeah. So the customer's happy. Is, is right. the customer successful? Absolutely. And I think that's yeah, a very... that drives me crazy, by the way, when, <laughs> when, when I hear that. And it's common outside of customer success. Um, people say, oh, you know, are, are we making our customers happy? Right. And it does drive me crazy because I don't, 
I, not that I don't care if they're happy, but I'm, I care more that they're successful. If they're unhappy and successful, they're going to stay. I've seen happy, unsuccessful customers leave. That's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And I could not agree with you more on that one. Um, I want to move from sort of the fundamentals of CS and start talking about the work that you're doing over at MyTech Systems. Uh, MyTech are one of the, obviously one of the leading uh, organizations um, within digital identity verification. Could you talk us a little bit more about the work that you and your CS organization are doing over there? Yeah, absolutely. So I can take it year by year, and this will probably resonate with a lot of CS leaders because years one to three look very similar. Um, year one, you're standing up a customer success org, and that's what I was doing. Um, and you're really understanding, well, who are our customers? What is this domain? I really focused on getting to, getting to know the domain at a level where, you know, you know it very well, right? And you're credible. And that that's what I I, I talk to my team about a lot is you have to know the domain. That's super important. You have to know the product, those two things. And then you have to know the customer. So year one was getting to know the customers, listening. Um, CSMs are generally really great listeners. And so um, just really understanding where the pain points were, turning red customers green and so on. Year one, you know, it's uh, really important that you get buy-in from the other leaders as well, especially the sales leaders. Uh, sales leaders are going to be the loudest critics or the loudest champions of the customer success org, right? And then I focused on giving time back, giving time back to sales. Sales was doing both jobs, selling and also managing their customers, right? Giving time back to the product team. I, I stepped in and the product team was meeting with customers all the time and we had no time to develop our own product, right? So I had to put a stop to that. And to your point, the worst answer you can give a customer is maybe. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll develop that. Right. It's got to be either yes or no. And you put it to bed. Right. Um, the answer might be no. And they don't like it, but they accept it and you can move on. Maybe becomes a distraction and it just kills cycles. And I see it all the time. Uh, year two was more of the same, uh, but really evolving. Right. Evolving um, our processes, turning them into programs, really focusing on certain things like perhaps it's onboarding. Right. Really nailing that. I know. Um, Tom Ronan talked about that in one of your uh, earlier podcasts is the focus on onboarding and why it's so important. I couldn't agree more in the customer journey. Um, and then building out the org, right? Hiring. So the first couple hires you do, and that goes back to year one, I'm kind of skipping around, but the first couple hires you do are super important and we can get into you know what I look for. Um, and then year two is really just scaling it out. Year three um, is looking at certain gaps that you might have like for us for example we had a data analyst gap and so we filled it and we had an ops gap and so we filled it um we had a technical account manager gaps so we filled it and it's more about bringing resources in under the customer success org so you have more control over them um, and you can deploy them in what in the way you think is best and you know trying to borrow resources as a customer success team super hard to do. It's not impossible, right? It's not reliable. Um, it's not a priority in a lot of cases. I mean, it's not, and it's not consistent. So that was our focus on year three. And now before I know it, we're on to year four. That's fascinating. Thank you for that timeline. That's awesome. And you, you mentioned before um, uh, the hiring process that you've been going through. Let's talk, uh, how, how many CSMs, how, how is your structure set up at the moment? How many CSMs do you have over there at MyTech? Yeah, so we're a global team, um, but we're we're a, a a small but mighty team in in the grand scheme of customer success orgs, right? I think we have a little over ten 
but we're in San Diego, uh, Barcelona, Amsterdam, and London at, at the moment. Um, and then I have the support team and also the, uh, the technical account manager and the data analyst that I, that I mentioned before. Okay, so you've got a nice team that you, you've been uh, building, and, and this is a team that you've built yourself, right? It is, yeah. And my approach to building out a team, and I've seen it many times before where uh, customer success leaders have the opportunity to, to hire a lot of CSMs and they overhire, and that doesn't always work out well. And so I was very um, thoughtful about when we hire and who we hire. Um, and so it was a kind of a slow ramp up in, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, you know, at Oracle, when we started that org, we hired, you know, hundreds of CSMs at one time, which uh, was a lot to hire. Right. Um, and I've seen that at uh, other other companies as well. You know, you get the budget, you hire everyone and then you're like, OK, now what? Um, so I, I did it uh, more methodically. So let's talk a little bit then about your hiring operations. Um so, I mean, I've also hired CSMs myself, probably not in as many numbers as you have. Uh, and I find often it's been, it, it's really difficult because everyone talks about success, 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 you know, focus on the client, um, the client's interests at heart. How, how do you, how did you manage to sort of like wade through the applications? What is it that you were looking for initially to get them? So you've got the CV in front of you. What were you looking for to get them at least to an interview stage? Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, when I've got out a team, I'm looking for balance. And so I'm not looking for the same CSM 10 times over. I like a lot of diversity in a lot of different ways, especially thought and background. And I go back to looking at what did this individual do, you know, early on in their, their life and their career, because that kind of tells you what they are naturally good at and what they like, right? Um, and so, and then the number one thing is this person has to care. And First of all, the number one thing is you have to know who you are as a leader and you have to be very honest with yourself. I don't think I'm a great motivator at all. Okay. And so, of course, I want to work on that, but I, I also realize that's who I am. Um, I can get you budget. I can get you headcount. I can get you anything you need to do your job quickly, right? I can enable you, but I need someone that cares and I can rein people in. I cannot... I'm not a very good motivator. So that's who I'm looking for is someone that cares a lot about either customers or job or both. Um, and, you know, that, that's what I'm looking for. So and when I go back to diversity, I look at what, you know, where they came from. Um, I have one CSM that started off in support. I have another that started off and went to art school, you know, and, and that's super interesting, right? There's, there's a lot of uh, talent there and that's a lot of diversity as well. Um, and then have, uh, others that have, you know, very advanced degrees, right, uh, from colleges. And so it's you're looking for and I have, I have a lot of people that played sports in college. I'm a big fan of that. If you can find uh, someone that was an athlete, either in high school or, or in college, there's a certain personality there, characteristics that uh, work well within a customer success org and working with customers and just, uh, you know, being able to dig deep. Uh, not being phased by bad news um, and just the hard working and, and, and uh, um, what's the right word here, the hard work and the uh, discipline. And that's really important too. So those are the things I look for. You know what I really like about that? You said at the beginning, actually, how you shouldn't look for the same CSM uh, all the time. 
um, don't have the same CSM time after time after time. That is really interesting. And to be honest with you, I hold my hands up. I, that's never something I thought about. Um, when I've hired CSMs in the past, I thought, wow, what I'm looking for is another mm, another him, another her, uh, because he or her had Correct. been so successful previously. And the way you just described it, I think, is is really fascinating. It's actually given me a lot of thought as well, and a lot of uh, insight into maybe you know how I should go about. Um, and when I say me, I would imagine this would resonate with a lot of other pe- uh, hiring managers who also listen to this podcast. So that's really fascinating. And um, yeah, I, uh, oh, sorry to cut you off, Dan. I, I just want to make one more point about um, just the the tempting thing as a customer success leader is to get someone with a ton of experience. And, you know, I've done that, um, but it, that, that cuts both ways. Um, and I, I do like, I like CSMs that have some experience, but um, I think when leaders look to hire a CSM with a ton of experience, a lot of times they're saying, and they have to be very honest with themselves, they're saying, I don't want to manage. I don't want to have to manage this team, right? I want someone I could plug in and I don't have to do much with, right, to be frank. And I, I think that's something you really have to ask ask yourself: Is that your reason for hiring this person with a ton of experience? That's a great point. And you alluded to before. You said yourself um, that you you don't consider yourself a great motivator. It's something you you're wanting to work on. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is: um, What kind of characteristics do you think a CS leader should have? And you've just, in my opinion, you've just displayed one of them: honesty, frankness, credibility. Um, Maybe I've answered that question for you, but if we have a, if someone is wanting to elevate themselves from, for example, a CSM or senior CSM position into a leadership position, what are those qualities they need to possess? If we were looking at, you know, uh, your CS team in my tech at the moment, what would you advise them to work on? What kind of um, personality traits and attributes do they need to do to progress to the next level? Yeah, I, I think you have to look at the leaders that you liked working for, right? That's what I did. Um, you also have to look at yourself, you know, who, who are you, right? Um, and I, I think the characteristics, if I'm just talking about characteristics of a great CS leader, you have to care about a lot of things. You have to care about people, your employees. Um, you have to care about customers. And when you care about people, you care about other orgs. Um, you have to really be curious about the domain um, I would now that, you know, I'm, I'm at the point of my career where I am at now, I wouldn't take a job that the domain does not interest me. Right. Um, I have to be curious about the domain. Um, and then this is going to sound counterintuitive, but, you know, I, I'm a big basketball fan. I'm a big Bill Jackson fan. If there are any NBA fans out there, you know, he was the head coach of the Bulls, Michael Jordan and uh, the Lakers and Kobe Bryant. He treated each player differently. He did not have a blanket, everyone is treated the same stance. He had a treating each individual differently, but he did his homework to understand who that individual is. What do they care about? What do they need from me? What makes them tick, right? So, um, and then in doing so, of course, he had, you know, superstars that he wouldn't drive as hard as someone else, right? Um, and other and other individuals on his team were allowed to do certain things that uh, that um, other others were not. And so that's kind of how I approach it. I know it sounds fully counterintuitive. There are probably a lot of management books that say you never should do that. Um, but that's what I do. And, and, and that goes back to caring about the people and really spending time to get to know them. Um, I do like CF leaders with customer success experience. 
being a CSM. I think it's something that, you know, you can relate to with your team. I know there are a ton of CS leaders that disagree with that. And I've had many conversations uh, with CS leaders that disagree with that. And, you know, I, I understand their point, but for me, um, I like CS leaders that have had that experience. They've been in that, that role. Brilliant. That's fascinating stuff. I, I, listen, the uh, you mentioned Phil Jackson before. Incidentally, I, whilst I'm in over here in the UK, basketball isn't really a thing. It's not really a sport that's played uh, like it is in the US. Um, I wasn't familiar with who Phil Jackson was. Of course, I knew about the Chicago Bulls and uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, etc. Um, just from being a kid growing up in the 90s. But when I watched the the documentary, the Netflix documentary, I was really fascinated about oh, Phil right. Jackson. Yeah, and, and the way that he... Um, as you say, relates to the uh, to the his uh, his you know his his team basically, and it reminds me. Yeah, I'm glad you saw that. That's oh, it was great. it was fascinating. I think that that really put NBA and basketball on the on the the global. Well, I mean, they are a global brand anyway, but certainly for those people who even had a passing interest, the uh, the the documentary was fantastic. And for me, I have a similar. I've always had a similar guy um, who I always looked up to. You're probably not familiar with him. His name's Sir Alex Ferguson. He was the manager of the Manchester United Football Club. I'm from Manchester in the UK. He was one of the most successful football clubs. We won everything. It's one David Beckham used to play for, etc. And his man management, the way he, um, how can I say this? The way that he uh, came across in the team, the way that he handled players, individuals, treated them like family with a sort of a, a you know, with a fine line mm -hmm. between between sort of being their friend and, and, and being their manager, he managed that very well and he became one of the most successful. And he turned a lot of average players into superstars. So um, I think that's a fantastic point you raised, you made about, you know, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd like to hire people and I'd like, I think you should consider what kind of leaders motivate you and what kind of leaders you aspire to try and perhaps maybe mold yourself around them. That's really fascinating. I'd like to, Mike, if it's okay, talk a little bit more uh, about what's going on at, uh, at my tech. In particular, I'd like to talk to you, if that's okay, about CS metrics, KPIs, targets, and goals. Could you talk to me about the kind of metrics that that you guys work to over at MyTech? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and every company is going to be different, right? It depends on uh, the company maturity, the product, the domain, the customers, etc. So that's my my uh, caveat to what I'm going to say uh, right now. Um, so we are um, really focused on transactions that we're a transactions based company you know the more transactions a customer does um the more revenue we make right um things i'm not focused on are and this kind of goes back to over processing and things that i did not like at oracle um, we got to the point where we were counting qbrs so how many qbrs are you having a year per customer um even how often are you on site so i talked about the big budget that cuts both ways when you have a big budget, you have no reason not to be on site. Um, and so we were at a point where they wanted us on site with customers. You know, we got down to one to two customers uh, each where, you know, we, we had 10 plus million dollars in revenue with that customer. Um, and we tried to make it local. So in being in San Diego, my customer was Qualcomm and my, you know, my manager that I, I ended up with wanted me there four times a week, three times a week. Right. And that was kind of a metric. How often are you in the office with your customer? It doesn't matter what the quality is or what you're doing. Um, and then how many QBRs you're having? Again, doesn't matter what, um, you know, what the quality of that QBR is, just that you're having them, right? And so I, I knew I would never do that, um, and I haven't. Um, and so that's something that I'm not focused on at MyTech. I leave it up to the CSMs. You have a business review when it makes sense. 
and agree on it with your your customer um, and have a great you know great agenda for it high value all of that but the calendar should not dictate when you have that business review who knows maybe you should be having it once a month maybe it's twice a year um, so we are not focused on those counting those types of things we are focused on transactions we are focused on NPS NPS is very big for us and I know there are a lot of NPS haters there out there probably for good reason I love NPS and until it's the wrong measurement for us, um, I'll, I'll stop. I'll keep using it until then, right? Um, so we just launched our, our latest, and the thing that matters to me about NPS is less about the score and more about the response rate. So what kind of response rate are we getting, right? When I was a CSM, I, I felt like I could get 100% response rate, and so that's that's kind of where we draw the line, right? It's like we need 75% response rate, 80% response rate. Um, if you can't get a response, that's a problem. That's an engagement problem. I could take a bad score if I'm a CSM and I could do something with it. Bad score feedback is engagement. I can do something with it. We action that that work as well. So MPS uh, is big for us. And it's funny, we were just going through our goals. So MPS was a big goal for us um, and continues to be. Transactions continues to be. Um, and then references or, I guess, customer advocates having that as a goal. And there's a lot built into that, right? And I talked to the CSM team about, hey, getting the customer to green is not the end. It's great that they're green, but you got to take it one level, one step further. Take them from green to referenceable. Take them from green to case study. Take them from green to becoming one of our identity innovators in our identity innovator program. Uh, and that program is all about building out a community of identity innovators and identity is our domain that we're in. Um, and so we're measuring that as well. Um, and uh, so those are the, the main focuses of, of our team uh, for this year. Mike, I think one of the main takeaways that a lot of people, including myself, will get from what you just said was regarding the NPS, not necessarily um, what score did we get? Was it promoted, tractor, passive? How many people responded? What was the response rate? I've never heard that before. I've never heard that as a consideration for being attract metrics and it's 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 brilliant it's brilliant it, it it may sound very simple but i think it's something that's overlooked it's something that i've never really considered tracking the response rates as you say you get a bad mps score it's a it's a it's a, a contact point with the client they're engaged at least to the fact where they gave you the feedback and you can act as, as, as you said you can act on that feedback you can turn it around but concentrating on perhaps absolutely exactly getting the response is brilliant and i and i think i think it's something that's uh should be um, should be applied, you know, uh, and considered within a CS process. It's something that I personally I'm going to take away from this uh, from this conversation and actually put into play. So I think you you know that's a I think we've given a lot of our listeners, including myself, a lot of value from that last answer as well. So brilliant stuff, um, Mike. We are getting uh, towards the end. Surely, I just want to talk a little bit about um, obviously the the situation and the global global pandemic that's facing us today. Uh, 2020 has been a tough year for everyone. Has it had a, an impact either way, negatively or positively on uh, on MyTech? Yeah, so it's been, you know, it, it, it's uh, the global pandemic, uh, Corona, COVID has been um, tragic, right? Um, and it, it, we, we certainly understand that. For us, it's been a uh, acceleration into the digital world. Um, so what was going to take five years is happening now. Um, and so, you know, since we are, our business is about identity verification in that digital digital world, 
we've seen our business uh, do do well. Um, so we're very fortunate there. Um, I think as a, I, well, not I think, I know as a customer successfully, I was just talking about this yesterday with another leader uh, in our, in our uh, team. Um, I've gotten better. I've had to get better, right? I've relied a lot of uh, how our CSMs are doing, how everyone's doing by being in, in their presence, sitting next to them, right? And the communication, looking back, it, it was easy. It was easy to look at their body language. It was easy to have side conversations to really understand what's going on with them. Um, working from home, that is no longer there. And so I've had to figure out, just like a lot of leaders and customer success leaders, how do you know what's going on with your CSMs? How do you know how they're doing? How do you know? You know, So communication has gotten much better. I, I predict when we get back into the office, we are going to be a lot stronger than we were before, um, having gone through this. Um, and really develop these skills that I've never had to develop before, right? Um, and so that that's kind of what's happened at my tech and specifically what's happened with my team and, and with me as well. Brilliant. That's great to hear. It's great to hear that um, as a leader, you've developed your your, your skills um, off the back of, uh, as you say, remote working and, and not being on site with colleagues and, and with, uh, with your clients. That's really, really great to hear. Um, but you know, uh, the, hopefully for us, um, the, uh, you know, there's a light ahead of the tunnel, um, just around the corner. Uh, let's see where we're going to be in a few months from now. Let's see where we're going to be, uh, in six months from now, a year from now. Um, you know, the, the future really is, is positive. Um, Mike, before we go, um, I just want to ask you one final question. I like to ask everyone to sort of, as we end the interview, um, one, which one piece of advice would you give to anybody who's wants to run a successful customer success operation? What would that one golden nugget of advice be? Well, you know, I, I think that's a great question, right? And um, depending on when, when you talk to me, I might give a different answer. I would say um, the one piece of advice I would give is that you need to be fearless um, and you need to be willing to fail, but fail fast. Um, I know some people don't like that term, but to me, that, that's what I've always heard is, uh, you know, test things out, look at the data, uh, make changes. Um, I would also, I know you asked for one, I'll give you two. Uh, starting from the bottom up is, and, and not clearly understanding the issues. Uh, so I, I like to get my ideas from those that are in the field, right? Um, I don't like to push my solutions down. I like to get, you know, clearly understand the issue position it with your team, present it to your team and have them come up with the solutions to that. Right. And how we're going to implement it. I, I love doing it that way. Um, I worked for leaders where they say, here's the problem and they're wrong about the problem um, or they don't go in enough detail. And here's the solution. I want you all to execute it. And not only is the problem wrong, we're solving for the wrong thing. And now I got to go do it. Right. Um, so the best ideas are going to come from those that are actually in the field. So you got to listen. It goes back to listening. Um, and then once you have the solutions, it goes back to being fearless about them, executing them. Uh, don't get bogged down into making it perfect. You know, really get started and you'll learn as you go along. And that probably probably goes back to my um, startup mentality. And, uh, you know, as many years ago, um, but uh, I probably still have some of that in me where I really want to get started and start looking at the data. Um, and, and I'll admit process is, is a weakness for me. Um, I really want to get started. And sometimes building out a process will get in the way of getting started. 
So those are my my pieces of advice for anyone looking to uh, um, start up. So build from the bottom up. Brilliant. Thank you, Mike. Okay, so that brings us to the end. That brings, unfortunately, that brings us to the end. I really would want to spend many more hours talking with Mike, um, but uh, uh, due to commitments, um, uh, you know, we do have a hard stop with Mike. So I just want to say thank you so, so much to Mike Sasaki, Head of Global Customer Success and Support at MyTech. Mike, it's been a, it's been a general, genuine pleasure having you on. I think you've given us some excellent insights into your career, into customer success, uh, and I want to thank you for being so insightful, so fascinating, so frank and honest. It's uh, It's been a really, really enjoyable interview. I want to thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, Dan. I, you know, like I said before, I'm a big fan of uh, your podcast, a big fan of you. And um, I look forward to listening to all the future podcasts that you have coming up. Brilliant. Thank you. Okay, so that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast so you receive any upcoming episodes to wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for listening to Churn Hacking, a customer success podcast. Until next time, take care.